today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. And this is where athletic departments are so key. The, the social media and the sharing and the, the, the celebrating, engaging in our most fundamental civic responsibility is great. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community, relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people uh, at the Final Four in the offseason. You should be doing it all year round, and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new, genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com slash membership on risingcoaches.com. All right, welcome to the Rising Coaches podcast. This is Adam Gordon, and today we are excited to be joined by Georgia Tech Associate Head Coach Eric Raveno. Coach, how are you? Doing well. 2020, things are... Doing well is a different relative term, I think, sometimes. But uh, we're all we're doing pretty well here at Georgia Tech, getting some workouts in and, and get trying to get better. Yeah, no question. No question. Well, we'll jump right into it. You, you mentioned 2020. Um, and among all the things that are going on this year, uh, there is an election, uh, what, less than a month away. And uh, I want to talk about some of the like unbelievable work that you – uh, you know, have, have really gotten behind and initiated over the last six months with uh, your efforts to help register uh, at this point, probably thousands of voters, right? Yeah. You know, it's uh, well, thank you. I, I, you know, I just like a lot of guys in our profession or uh, all over the country back in June, um, trying to figure out how to help and work and, and, and make progress and, and, you know, you sort of this, everyone's sheltered in place at home and hanging out. And, you know, and here in downtown Atlanta, we got, we had, you know, the, the protests and the riots and it's just a lot of heavy stuff. And uh, Malachi Rice on a team Zoom call said, um, said, you know, coach, I, I don't understand why, you know, people protest, but then don't vote, you know, and it just struck me. It really hit me hard. Um, and it hit me hard in the sense that what have I done in my career to help, uh, college student athletes vote? I've worked at Stanford, University of Portland, now at Georgia Tech, three great schools, proud of what they've done with student athletes. But I realized we hadn't done much. I hadn't done much with, with engaging, uh, them to vote. So that's what got it going. All vote, no play. Uh, Joe Kennedy, um, from Holy Cross, sort of, he's done work in this area, got me organized a little bit and got us organized. It's been great. And Mike Burns out at Boise State, 
as coaches, we decided we got to try to make a difference and got hooked up with our NABC, um, Frank Martin, Kenny, uh, Tommy Amaker, and 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 making it with their uh, committee for racial reconciliation. So we've been trying to make an impact with coaches and us, our responsibility to do better. And um, uh, we were kind of counting up just in college basketball, uh, the number of programs and whatnot that we've impacted, um, you know, it might be over 8,000 athletes. So registered through that and the work with the NCAA. So just excited about it all. That's unbelievable. Um, eight, over 8,000 athletes. So you, you guys have really made an impact and we've got the, uh, the website all into vote.org across the bottom. Um, and, and we'll get into that more and, and some resources, but was it really, you know, like the 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 Zoom uh, that you had with your team and, and what one of your athletes was talking about that really kind of uh, led you down the path or, or uh, was it some other factors as well? It, you know, I looking back, I think there's a few factors, but I think the timing was really right. I think in terms of the hashtag all vote, no play and making a difference and it calling on the NCAA to have this day off on November 3rd for Election Day. I think that was uh, that was I think it was an idea that was just due. And it's, it's the reason it took off. So well. I feel like if I hadn't said it first or said it, you know, at other times, you know, Siena women's basketball the week before I started saying stuff and I started tweeting my tail off um, the, before I started doing that. Uh, Siena women's basketball had a video where they had registered all their student athletes. And so other people, the idea was percolating, but something really there's a groundswell of people like, yes, we have to do more. And and, and I've said, like, in my 20, almost 25 years of coaching in those teams, I don't remember one team meeting or one um, staff meeting, athletic department meeting where we talked about voting. I remember seeing stuff out around the camps, but I don't remember. And I've said that to uh, hundreds of coaches and I've never had a coach say, uh, no, well, well, Mike Burns at Boise told me he had done some, but other, not a lot of guys have said they've done a lot of stuff. And there are some that reached out to me that have been doing it. So I really can't say that, but they resonated with people. And the other thing is, Voting of 18 to 24 year olds has declined since I was born in 1966. And so that steady decline, just the engagement uh, is just is just not right. And that's the cornerstone of our country. And so you can talk about, you know, wanting to change this or that. But I just think as educators, nonpartisan voter engagement is really where we can all agree and sink our teeth in and just getting these guys to develop uh, these student athletes, male and female, to develop the habits of, of being civically engaged in voting for a lifetime. At what point did you realize that this uh, movement that you created within athletics was really taking off? <sighs> I'd have to look back. There were some retweets along the way, some days where like there was a few days there early where like, um, you know, there was we all of a sudden, you know, I'm like everybody else. I get something retweeted 10 times. I think I, I think I, you know, I'm pretty proud of myself, but there were a few there that were like, you know, uh, hundreds, you know, and five, eight, five, six, seven, eight hundred, maybe at that, you know, just, and just really, you start looking at, I started looking at my Twitter analytics and I really became sort of locked in on this and just trying to, and I was, I had the list of, Division one SAC members, the student advisory athletic committee and their Twitter things. I was hit, tagging them. I'm tagging 
um, ADs. I'm retweeting athletic departments. I'm retweeting like you don't see it often where uh, you know schools will retweet other schools. You know, but if you're if you did something about voting in June, July, I was retweeting that school, saying nice work, coach, great leadership from the Ivy League, great leadership, Patriot League, Pac-12, WCC, whatever. It was it was nonpartisan in that competitive space of college athletics. And I think one of my things. So I think that's when I the retweets and sort of the the people getting behind it, you know, and then that um, my conversation with Mark Few that first week in June, when I started talking about it, he was like, because I know him from when I was at Portland WCC. And he was like, Rev, this is a no brainer. We got to do it. And I said, Coach, well, give me some names of guys to call. And I, I'll, I'll keep pushing. I'll call guys. I was just going through my phone, calling people. And and he said, Rev, I got it. I said, no, I would. would. He said, no, I, Rev, I got it. So he and he's he doesn't waste a lot of time with things. Uh, it cuts into his fishing time out there. And so, he, uh, he, you know, and his cell phone doesn't, he doesn't even bring his cell phone. The fact that he picked it up when I called was an honor. But um, but but he but he made some calls in the NABC that week said, they wanted to, they supported and recommended it. So that was really important. And then the NCAA uh, two weeks later said that they recommended it. So um, it was just about working through the the legislation. Yeah, that's great. Um, What are some resources? uh, Well, first of all, let me back up. So again, over 8,000 athletes have registered. So you've made an unbelievable impact. Um, the, The date to register in Georgia, I know has passed, but there's still time in a lot of states uh, where I live in Alabama. Uh, there's about a week left, uh, and I'm just scrolling through uh, at a quick glance here. Arizona, there's still time. Uh, California, there's still time. Colorado, Connecticut. Um, so, uh, again, this is just a quick glance, but a lot of states, Iowa, uh, a lot of states do still have time to register to vote if you haven't already. Uh, but once you voted, or I'm sorry, once you've registered, uh, now what? I mean, that's definitely the first hurdle that gets yeah. you in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, but now what? Well, I think then the next thing is with first-time voters, and I've had this with our team here and some athletes here on campus, is check your registration. So go to the website, and you, you got the allintovote.org uh, down there. Uh, and that's you can go there, and they've got – you know, you can check your registration and it says and it says you're registered. If you thought if you set something in and there's an issue with it, then um, you can still fix it because you've applied. Like if they don't like your signature or something about the what you did, most states will still work with you. It could be a little bit of an issue, but you can still do that. So check your registration, then figure out how your poll your voting plan. So are you going to vote absentee? Can you get to the polling place in your county? Um, and you have a specific polling location you got to get to um, on November 3rd. The day's off now, so you can get there. But if you're not local, you're not registered where your school is, you're not, and this is for staff and coaches, young coaches too. Um, that age group of 26, you know, the young guys, young families, and all that. I, I was that guy. I was that guy that like I had too much going on. I was trying to win games. I came up when I was a first-time head coach. Voting? I mean, are you kidding me? I got to win games. I'm locked in. And so that's why the rule in this pause to make sure it's important and prioritize. It's like it's like we talk about our health as coaches. We talk about these things that we all we all sort of have a hard time. We got to practice what we preach as coaches get out, do these things as well. 
But then you can request an absentee ballot. The one thing about absentee ballots is you will find on your website that all in to vote will direct you to the websites for your your state and county. Those deadlines are absurd. Like your deadline to apply for absentee might be October 28th, but they're going to mail you something. Then you're going to mail it back. It's not going to happen. So and that's my, you know, I I don't think I'd count on that. So request it soon. Get it back. Send it back soon. Or you can vote early. A lot of states have early voting. That's what you see on now. We're setting records all around the country in terms of people going to the polls, voting early. Um, and, and you can do that now. So um, on November 3rd, you have a specific polling location. On the early dates um, uh, in your county, you can vote at any of the early locations. So our McCamish Pavilion here in Atlanta, I'll be able to vote early Um because uh, we're using that at our pavilion. I'll be able to vote early there, October 21st, 22nd, 23rd. One of those days, just show up. November 3rd, I've got to go over to my Baptist church near my house and and uh, and vote there. So those kind of things, like, it's not just easy. You know, it's, you got to kind of look through it. And for college kids, you got to remind them, you know, it's like telling kids to read their email. They don't do that kind of stuff. You know, you got it's not a natural thing to sort of go through this checklist. Yeah. So again, uh, register to vote. Once you've registered, your work's not done. Uh, whether whether we're talking about you as an individual or you're a coach and you're you, you're leading your team, uh, once you get them registered, that's great. But again, make sure every single individual in your program has a plan. Uh, make sure that they've uh, if they're voting absentee or they're voting early, they've requested those those documents. Uh, and they're on it and they're they're on top of all the deadlines, <clears throat> excuse me, and they're making sure they get all their their material in early uh, or their plan uh, is sound and, and they know that they can get there on November 3rd to vote in person in the district. You got to be you do have a specific for first time voters. You do have a specific location that you have to vote in person at. You can't just show up at any which I didn't know that like as a first time time voting, I thought, well, I'm registered. I could just show up wherever in my state. And it changes on people. I was talking to someone yesterday whose frustration with, they changed it on right between the primary and the thing he goes over to the other place. And if you wait too long um, and then knowing some of your rights, you've got, uh, if you're in line, when the poll closed, you have a right to vote. That's where you see these these stories about people who are there at seven o'clock when the poll closes, whatever time it is at that location. And they've got to stay there till they uh, um, until it until it closes. If you're really uh, until until they vote. And then if you're really motivated, sign up to be a poll worker. But one of the things I've learned is that this covid has really impacted the uh Normally, our tradition, the average poll worker's age is is older, is old. And those folks aren't willing to, to get out and do that volunteer work, uh, bless their hearts, uh, you know, during this COVID environment. So you, we need people to step up and be poll workers. Here, here in Fulton County, you get paid. It's a long day. It's a 5 a.m. to 7 p.m., if not li- longer. But you also... Um, uh, you get paid over like 250 or something like that. So it's not volunteer work. But um, and then the one other thing I'd say is, is research your ballot at all You can go to uh, there's a section that says plan under plan. You can research your ballot and you type in your address and it gives you your ballot. And then you can you if you if you give it a, a password and username, like a lot of things, it'll save your your selection. So I've started working through my ballot there and I'm able to save it, then go back to it. You know, you get down to county supervisors and this and that. 
it's, uh, you know, you got to think through it um, and then figure out a strategy for what, so you thought about it a little bit beforehand. Uh, it, it can go a long way and you can then print it out uh, for young people. You're not allowed to bring a phone in because phones are cameras. Now you're not allowed to bring, take pictures. You're not allowed to take pictures of any ballot and, and share it. You can share yourself and it's good to share the, and this is where athletic departments are so key. The, the social media and the sharing and the, the the celebrating, engaging in our most fundamental civic responsibility is great. You're not allowed to take a picture of a ballot that you cast, um, uh, and, but you could show your picture of putting the absentee ballot in the uh, in the in the uh, you have ballot actually ballot boxes in each county, but or the mailbox. And then you could also, uh, you know, the selfie with the I voted sticker on and stuff. Those are great. And those are good to get out there. I told our I told our media relations people like celebrating this stuff and talking about it isn't you shouldn't be hesitant like your normal. Um, you know, when you visit a team visits the Children's Hospital, you can be a little hesitant because you like I don't want it like it's for the player. It's for our guys fulfillment to do this good work and to see how and to help these kids out. You're always a little reluctant to to be too, you know, self-promoting like, Hey, our guys went to the children's hospital um, because we can't have everyone go to the children's hospital, but we do need everyone voting. So celebrating that, creating that norm where voting is a habit that we're all engaged in um, is really fundamental. And I think athletic departments in our communities can really take a lead on that. Yeah. And, and you've mentioned nonpartisan engagement a few times. Um, and I get that you want to you want to provide information and let people make their own decisions. Um, but do you at any time? I mean, if, if an athlete asks you for your personal politics or if they are a first time voter and they just don't know, um, you know, where to lean on these issues and, you know, they ask you for guidance, you know, what, how do you kind of handle that? I talked to a coach at Binghamton about that. Uh and, and, and he's having these Zoom calls with his team and talking about that. It's a personal choice. Um, you know, um, and a lot of our institutions were asked to have to, to remain nonpartisan. And I think that protects the value of the work you're doing in terms of getting more voters. And it takes you. I'll still get some people. I finally realized that the people that are taking shots at me on Twitter for this, for trying to engage 18 to 24 year olds in voting, all these guys have less than 20 followers, you know, I, I they're like, I don't know who they are, but they all have these guys that will like come at me and stuff. So then I'll, but I'll argue why we, why we should be getting engaging these young people. But um, in answer to your question, I think it's a personal one. I, in terms of not me personally, but each guy's different. And I think, um, I think trying to be a really thoughtful mentor and not, and let them think, even if you, even if you have a strong opinion. So what are you looking for in that position? What's important? What's important for the position? You know, um, well, you know, is character important? Is this, you know, what, what what's their history? And ballopedia.org is a nonpartisan thing where you can get this information. You can see what groups support people, what money they've taken, things like that, what positions they have. They submit their positions and you can read it. Um, and trying to move the conversation because the conversation can quickly move to a conclusion, but you want to move it back to like what their thought process is. And I said, so like, you don't want to give them the answer. You want to teach them how to think about it. Um, like, like the police, like police, uh, in that, uh, 
brutality or however you see the inequities of how um, our legal system is adjudicated. Um, and, and that, so in your county, how is the, how, how, who controls the police? So ha- asking that question, like, I didn't know the answers to these things and, and coaches move around. They don't know everyone's different, but like knowing, knowing like who, you know, the attorney general, the district attorney, the sheriff, a lot of times it's a sheriff um, and, and judges uh, and, and knowing those things, like what that means and how they want to, how they want to impact, uh, how they want to trade, how they feel about things to how they actually vote. So trying to keep the conversation down that direction versus the other way where you're just saying, yeah, vote for that guy or vote by party lines. Because I think, I think the thought process makes them more, is just what we should be doing as educators. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And I'm glad you mentioned that uh, because it is important. You're not just voting for president. Uh, and to me, me personally, you know, I, I don't mind saying my personal beliefs because I'm not coaching or attached to a school, but we got to get Trump out of office, my opinion. Uh, but that's not enough. Like you have to it is really important uh, to go down your ballot, vote local uh, and research these things. And, you know, if you're upset about police brutality, who should I be voting for? Who stands for, you know, what I believe in? And, and so it is a lot of work to do that kind of research, but it's it's really important. And that's why that I, I was really excited this week when I looked at that all in the vote.org thing, because I sat, I was sitting there. I could see a, I could see a college kid doing this. I was sitting there, might have been during the during the NBA game, but I was sitting there and I pulled it up and I said, okay, like you, I said, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm president. Then I went to the next one and I, you start moving down the line and, um, and you start making, and then you can click on it and it gets you get more information, you know, but I'm Fulton County, County supervisors. I got some work to do to figure out what I want, you know, in board of education, I got, I got kids in the school system. I believe in education is critical. Like, what is that? And those are really hard things. And I don't think, I don't. That's why I think this getting college kids engaged now is important because I don't think it's a a one rep process where you learn and get good at it. You know, like um, I think if you live in a county for ten years, you might start. It gets easier, I would think. You know, but even just going through a ballot and learning is going to make you more prepared for next time. Uh, and I, the, a professor here, a Dr. Bark, who does a lot of work in this area. Uh, Georgia Tech, uh, he had the good, like he personally, he said he doesn't vote for judges because he doesn't think we should be voting on judges. He's not qualified to vote for a judge. Um, I said, well, if he's not qualified to vote for a judge, I'm not sure how I would be. But there's different. You start developing philosophies like that and 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 then they'll make you more engaged and, and just. Like you said, like you said, a great point. And the off cycle elections too, the local elections, those are really important and getting more people engaged because that's the fundamental thing that I believe is that, and this is a little bit partisan, is that um, by my generation of being and what we've, the disengagement of voters has caused the, the conversation to be um, taken over by extremes. And and I believe that sort of things will pull themselves back to to a solid ground and foundation by it's by engaging more people and engaging. And some will vote the way you want, some won't. But but it's just about engaging and taking and respecting what makes our country 
so great and and really taking that as a civic responsibility and to me what really resonated with me you talk about where i was and personally it's like being a great teammate like we teach our guys to be a great teammate and, and just and what that means on campus and what that means you know but like in your community um you can't just show up on this you got to be you know show up here or protest there or, or do whatever but you got to vote that's the fundamentals of of what builds our society uh, the last thing I want to ask you about, um, two of the most common things that, that I hear with, uh, you know, first time voters or people who have never voted is number one, you know, my vote doesn't matter. Uh, you know, what's one vote going to do? Uh, and I, I think you hear that a lot when you live in like a particular, a state that, that tends to go a particular way, whether that's Republican or Democrat. Uh, and then the other thing that you hear a lot of is, well, I don't like either candidate. So, you know, why, you know, why should I vote? Um, I don't like either of these people. What, what's kind of your response to those? Well, you saved the tough ones for last. You got me on those. <laughs> so, so like I grew up in California and, and so I think, you know, was there some of that? And again, I was, I was, I was a player. I didn't vote in college. I was at Stanford. I didn't vote. Um, I was asked to, I don't know what happened. I just didn't really maybe once, you know, type thing. And then, um, and then in my career, I was just kind of working all the time. I just focused on working and achieving. Um, and, but maybe there was some of that leaking in, like, you know, for president, like, am I going to make an impact in California, you know, and, and, and whatnot. So, um, it's a little more interesting here in Georgia. You feel like you're, you're, you could, you could have an impact to, to the, to, but there's certain States, the, the three States, uh, I had it here earlier. Uh, look real quick. I got it real quick. Uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. I was actually uh, looking at this earlier. Um, and uh, those three states divide, decided the election. And to your point, that was only three states. And that goes into our electoral college. And you can get into a discussion of that, of how we elect the president. The only position we elect that way where the, you're voting for the electoral electoral college to elect the president. Those three states are the big key states. So I get that point, but it's all the other stuff we're talking about. Your vote and your engagement and all the other positions really matters. Um, you know, I think some of that happened during the Obama presidency with um, the Senate and whatnot, people not paying attention to their representatives in, in Congress and things. Uh, and those are the people that they're governing us. They're creating our, our future. And, and are they the ones now in power that you want in power? Those are those off year elections that are so critical. So um, I think that's uh, uh, that that's really important. What was the second part of the question? Um, so if, if you don't like either. Candidate. Yeah, that's a good one, too. The first one. I was, yeah, I hope you forgot. I was hoping you forgot that one as well. <laughs> I was just proud of myself. I had the stats on my computer to pull up that 80,000, less than 80,000 people decided the president last time. Um, if you don't like either one, you know, um, it's a great it's a it's a great debate. I, you know, I'm with you that I think uh, the president election one is you, you've got to you've got to come down to some you've got to. And maybe as head coaches, maybe as head coaches or as coaches, we're better than this. Oftentimes you've got to make a decision and you're not going to love any either choice. As a head coach, you make a choice and you choose something that's you believe in 55 percent. It's not that much better, but you've got to decide. 
So I don't have a lot for wishy-washy. You got to decide. You've got to you got to put skin in the game and you've got to. And I think that's where the thought process of what's important to you, you know, um, um, and 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 I'll be honest, it is a little bit of my own politics. I, I've learned and think that decency and character and leadership qualities like that are, are fundamental. And, and I think you can have different economic policies and you can have different um, political views on immigration or whatever. And there's, there's room for debate, but, but the, 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 the human, there's a certain decency level and character level that, that things got to get back to. And, and so, so I think if you know what's important to you, you move down the line a little bit, maybe the candidacy, and they make it hard sometimes, even that vice presidential debate, neither of them are asking, answering the question really, you know, they weren't, they weren't getting into the policy, but you got to figure out what you're going to vote on um, and, and, and go from there. So, um, I think, I think that's a tough question. I think being more, being, uh, helping people learn to be engaged is really powerful in that. Yeah, I will say this and I won't expect you to comment on it, but, um, uh, you know, I'm, I've always, you know, also been a believer, like you've got to engage, you got to vote regardless of your politics. Like it's important to exercise that right. Um, again, I'm really firm. I believe that we got to get Trump out of office. Um, and so I have, you know, I live in Alabama, I've lived in Mississippi, I have family, friends who are very far right and that's great. Um, and they can't bring themselves, like a few of them can't bring themselves to vote for Biden, uh, for whatever reason. And that's, so those people I'm working on them, like, okay, then don't vote. Don't vote. If you can't bring yourself to vote for Biden, you, you know, don't vote for Trump. Don't help them stay in office. Well, and that's like, and that's like uh, Professor Bark said. He didn't vote for judges. He didn't just vote. He didn't. He didn't. You know, abstaining is better than like voting for a third party or voting for you know or doing something. So I, I think that's there's something to be said for that. Like if you really can't decide, you know, I don't know the the voting analytics. Uh, you know, although I've I've not quite my, I'm not quite at my Ken Palm level of vote analytics on this, but I, you know, but the, I don't know, but it, um, but I think there's something to be said for if you can't decide just not voting, but still engage and vote on the other things still and, you know, gauge, you don't have to vote for everything. Just sit out, sit out that one. Um, but l- like you're saying, like you're challenging your people that you, the people that you know, to, to really think about, think about these things and really try to make a decision and don't take it so casually walk in and go, huh, what am I going to do? And then that day make a decision. Then a week later go, gosh, I wish I had thought about it more. That's all we're asking is you engage. Absolutely. And, and most issues, um, you know, if you do a little research, you do your homework, you really self-reflect and figure out what's important to you. You know, most of the time we can, we can pick uh, or make a decision. That's what we're asking people to do. So, uh, again, Coach Rev, uh, usually we talk hoops on here. We're definitely going to have to get you back to talk hoops because uh, you are one of the best offensive offensive minds in the game. And, uh, I, you know, I, I saw it firsthand on the wrong side of the bench uh, with some of your Portland teams. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk hoops again sometime. But what you're doing here with, with uh, the all vote, no play is by far more important than anything that's done on the court. 
Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, this has reinvigorated me as a coach as well. I, I do like tinkering on offense, and I've enjoyed some great offensive players and putting them in the right position at Portland stuff. But this work is sort of it's about helping guys learn to be great teammates. The reason we coach and that you get at, you're in this a little while is you like to see how they grow up and become uh, successful young men and family, you know, families and, and whatnot. And this, this work is really key for that. And, um, and our guy, and I'll say this one last thing is when you do this and you really dive in and try to engage your team in this, the guys here at Georgia Tech have appreciated my work. It's not like we're hugging it out about it all the time, but they know that I'm doing stuff to help them. It's nothing self-serving. I'm giving you talk about servant leadership and giving of yourself, helping them be more civically engaged is a powerful thing. Yeah. Well, great job. Keep up the great work. Um, we'll keep shouting it from the mountaintops, register to vote, get your team to register and then actually do the work and, either whether it's voting early or uh, absentee ballot or voting on election day, uh, please follow through uh, and get it done. Yes, sir. Thank Pre you. Appreciate you coach for everything you've done. All right. Thank you. I appreciate what you do. Thank you. Take care. What's up podcast fans. I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development plan planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.